for those of you that are confused why the pastor is wearing a red shirt up here. Just to kind of clarify, this is a Patrick Mahomes jersey. He's the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're, they're in a game this afternoon. So you know, it's called the Super Bowl. Just, just to make sure we're all on the same page. So, do you know who Tom Brady is? Ooh, yeah, I, I agree, yeah. So Tom Brady, Tom Brady dies. Sad. But he goes to heaven. Shocking, right? But Tom Brady is, gets to heaven, and Peter meets him at the gates in heaven. And he says, come on, Tom, I'll show you your house. And so he takes Tom Brady to this cute little neighborhood with these little houses with white picket fences. And they're nice little houses. And, and he takes Tom Brady right up to his house and says, here you go, Tom. This is your new heavenly dwelling. And Tom Brady looks around like, this is it? I mean, this is just like a little one-bedroom bungalow. I mean, I, I'm Tom Brady. And, and Tom's looking around. See, is there at the top of this hill this giant red mansion? And the red mansion has chiefs, flags, and banners flying. And, and Tom goes, now, come on. You're telling me Patrick Mahomes gets that house? And Peter goes, no, that's not Patrick Mahomes' house. That's, that's God's house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Should I just go? <laughs> all right, that's all I'm going to say about the Super Bowl. We're going to actually go and, and talk about biblical stuff now. So, so today we're, talking, we're in 1 John. And so 1 uh, John is written by John, uh, the Apostle John, the same one that wrote the Gospel, the third book of the New Testament, John. He also wrote Revelation. And so uh, John was, was one of the, seemed like one of the favorite disciples. He was in the top three. And, and one of the things I think is funny about John is he wasn't shy to let people know as he wrote the gospel that he was the beloved disciple, which I guess it's good that he felt loved, you know, but it's, uh, you kind of go, really? There's over six times he mentions that. But the funniest thing about John, and I love this, I, when I meet him in heaven and we're sitting in Tom Brady's living room talking, I, <laughs> I, I want to ask him why he wrote this, but on Easter morning, on the morning that Jesus resurrected, they were told the tomb's empty, and John writes, so he's writing this, this history, this gospel of Jesus, and he says that him and Peter took off running to the tomb, and he outran Peter to the tomb, and, and it didn't sound like he just kind of beat him by a step or two, I mean, he smoked him. And then I just, I don't know if he did that just to get a, you know, just a jab at Peter that he was slow and that John was fat. I don't know, but I, I like it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> From there, John, John writes these three letters. He's writing to believers at, at that time. And he's basically got two main points in this letter to warn people about the division caused by false teachers, which was pretty prominent at that time. And then also to point out that, that the best, the best commandment, the greatest commandment that God gave us is to love God and love others. So those kind of his, his two points, to warn against these false teachers and to remind us that we're supposed to love God and love others. The false teachers, this is kind of important to know, but it was called Gnosticism. It starts with the G, Gnosticism. 
And Gnosticism was pretty widespread and especially was trying to get into a lot of the churches that were started by Christians. And it was coming in, they had a very different belief, but they were coming in trying to basically sway the other Christians. And basically they believed that matter was evil and that spirit was good. That doesn't mean much until you say, wait a minute, they didn't believe that God created the world because they thought if matter's evil, they believed if matter's evil, how can a good God, a good spirit, create something evil? So they didn't believe God created the world. And the other thing is they didn't believe that Jesus had a physical body, that he was just spirit. And and so there's this, this false teaching, and there's a lot of other things that go into that, but there's this false teaching that infiltrated the church. And so here John as a disciple of Jesus himself, is now writing this letter to remind people basically to walk in the light of Jesus, to stay in the truth of Jesus. Basically, the false teaching was the darkness, and Jesus was the light. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about walking in the light. Now, I've mentioned before I listened to podcasts, and I listened to this one guy's name's Andrew Huberman, and he's like this really smart guy, professor at Stanford, and, and he, he talks about the brain all the time. And, and I love the science that's coming out about the brain. But this week I was listening to him, and one of the things he was talking about, as human beings, we need sunlight. I mean, like, we need sunlight to come through our eyes, to hit our skin, all these things. All these things, and he was talking about all these chemicals, and I couldn't even begin to tell you all the chemicals, but these chemicals that when we walk into the sun that are released into into our bodies. And so basically what he was saying is the best thing you can do, the healthiest thing you can do is after you wake up in the morning is to go outside and into the sunlight, even if it's cloudy, as soon as even if you get up in the darkness, you wait, obviously, until the sun comes out. But you go out, outside, and let the sunlight into your eyes. What he said is the best thing you can do is walk the dog or, or go for a 15-minute walk in the morning because all that sunlight coming into your eyes, he said, basically, it, it's going to it's gonna give you an increase of energy. Your immune system will be stronger. Your mood will be better. And basically, he said, you're going to be healthier physically and mentally simply by going outside in the morning for 15 minutes in the sunlight. And he said, this is free. You don't have to pay to go to a gym. You just, you just walk outside. I thought, that, that is so interesting, walking in the light, right? There's something about the light that is good in our lives. Obviously, we're talking physically, but you can talk spiritually as we will after a bit here. Uh, Saying that, we're going to jump into 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 4, it says this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, we proclaim concerning the word of life. And so I just want to stop right there. It sounds kind of odd, but it's the very kind of the same way John started the gospel. He's talking about the word uh, basically becoming life. So Jesus is the spoken word of God is now becoming life. And he says, and I touched him. In other words, he was not a spirit. (laughs) He was a physical man. Jesus was all man and all spirit. And so that's why he starts his letter out that way to these Gnostics that thought Jesus was just spirit. And then he says, the life appeared. 
We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to you to make our joy complete. And so again, here Jesus is telling them, I walked with Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I sat by the campfire with Jesus. I, I touched his physical body. I listened to him teach and preach. And so what I'm saying to you is truth. That's basically what John is trying to tell the readers here. And then he says, and I'm telling you all this so we can have fellowship together. So in other words, fellowship was a relationship. So we can have this relationship together and a relationship with Jesus, and who's the Son of God. And in that, what do you have? You have joy. Where do we find joy? We find joy in relationships. If you have a, a relationship with God, and you have a relationship with other believers, that gives us this, this joy, this complete joy that he talks about. When we are loving God and loving others, really, that's the only time that we have real joy in life, this complete joy. And then he goes on and he says, this, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. God is light. <laughs> and what's darkness? Darkness is, is evil. And now, in our own lives, we know this. I mean, there's a reason we don't go out at night very often. That's the time we sleep, right? And how many times have you heard that you don't want to walk down a dark alley at night, right? Right? Because it's scary. During the day, it's not scary because you can see everything. There's something about nighttime that causes us to, to fear, that, to hide maybe. Now, when I was a kid, I loved playing flashlight tag. Have any of you ever played flashlight tag? One of the best games ever. Maybe it's just a Kansas thing. I see Kansas people going, oh, we have. <laughs> so flashlight tag is hide and seek at nighttime. All right? So in my neighborhood, we had tons of kids living in our neighborhood. And so every once in a while, my neighbor had to actually shoot out the streetlights. But that's, don't, don't, you didn't hear that from me. But we, because you couldn't have any light in flashlight tag. Because the idea was you would hide until the person that was it would shine the flashlight on you and be able to name you. They couldn't just see a figure. They had to be able to call out your name and recognize you. So if you got in the, the beam of that light, you were caught. And we would do this for hours at night. And we had, there was three yards that were included in our boundaries. And, and we would play for hours at night. It was so much fun because, you know, during the day you're playing hide and seek. You can hide behind a tree, but it's pretty easy to see it, right? At night, it's a whole different thing. You could just lay in the ditch of our house for, for 15, 20 minutes, and no one could find you because there's something about the darkness, right? There's something about that. Now, I, when I was in junior high or another time, I, I can't remember how old I was, but I was playing with my cousins. I'd said, hey, flashlight tag's the greatest game ever. And so me and all my cousins go out at my grandparents' house to play flashlight tag, and we're out there playing, and all of a sudden I hear my cousin Caleb screaming at the top of his lungs. 
And we rush over and we find them. And my grandfather just built their house. And there was a, a plow in the back. And he had fallen while he was running in the dark. And whack, hit, almost got his eye. Hit, hit right there. He had to get like 30 stitches in his head. Blood was everywhere. Kind of scared me from playing flashlight tag after that for a little while. But, but I was thinking about that story this week. I mean, isn't that interesting? At, at, that wouldn't happen during the day, right? Because you could see. But there's something at night. There's, there's things hiding. We have more fear at night. It, in the darkness, when we're, we wake up in the darkness, isn't that, doesn't that seem to mean all the dark thoughts come, right? All of a sudden, we're afraid. But man, in the morning, the sun comes up. And it's like, whew, there's something about the light. And God is light. And that's where we need to be, walking in the light. And so John goes on in verses 7 through 10. He says, but if, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim... We have not sinned. We make him out to be a liar and his word in us. The whole idea of walking in the light, right? There's good things happening in the light. Uh, but very quickly he says, but listen, you remember we've all sinned. You know, Jesus has, has purified us from that. But if you're telling people that you haven't sinned, we have an issue here. So he basically is telling us that, hey, even when you're in the light, sometimes we make mistakes. Fess up to them. Admit those shortcomings. Be honest and humble. And the thing is, is we can't have fellowship together if we're not open and honest with each other. I, I watched a documentary one time about a Christian leader that, that basically got caught doing a whole bunch of bad things. It, was, it wasn't a one-time thing. It was a lifestyle that he was living. And at the same time, he's telling his followers that, hey, you should live in the light. You should live like Jesus lived. Meanwhile, he's living a completely different lifestyle. And so I'm watching this documentary, and you can imagine the documentaries pointing out all these flaws. He's saying this, but he's doing that. And, and as I was watching, I was thinking, you know what? We all make mistakes. Or we all stumble and fall. It's just the truth of being human, right? And if this guy said, hey, listen, I messed up and, and come clean, the documentary would have had nothing to say. They couldn't have said bad things about Christianity because he would have come forth and said, I, I, I messed up. I sinned. And all of a sudden, that humility takes away that, the arrogance, and all of a sudden, you can step out of the darkness and back into the light. You see, walking in the light doesn't mean that we're sinless. It's just being honest and admitting our shortcomings. It's okay for us as Christians to admit our sins. The good news about it is the blood of Jesus covers that, right? First John chapter 2, he says this, My dear children, I write to you so that you will not sin. But 
If somebody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so it's okay to admit when we fail. It's okay to say, listen, I didn't do it quite right. Now, there is a difference between making a mistake and stumbling and having a rough week to living a lifestyle of making a choice against the ways of Christ constantly. There's a big difference here. And that's where he's saying, we strive not to sin. Our, our goal when we wake up in the morning and we start the week is to not sin. But if you do, it's okay to admit it. It's okay to say, hey, listen, we're all in the same boat, right? Because we've all sinned. And it doesn't matter if you've been in church for 80 years or you just became a Christian. It doesn't matter if you know all the theology and you have a, a degree in theology compared to a new believer. We're all in the same boat. The blood of Jesus had to cover our sins. To walk in the light, we've got to confess, man, I haven't been what I wanted to be. And he died for us. And, and I love what John says, that he died for the whole world. He, he didn't die for a certain denomination. He, he didn't die for one country. He died for every human in the world, for everyone. And we all can be covered by the blood of Jesus and walk in that light. Now John goes on in chapter 2 and he says, we, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, the love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. That's a pretty tall order, right? To live as Jesus did. Now, now he's saying, hey, Basically, this is striving, right? We know, we just talked about, we know we've all sinned, right? But we're striving to walk in the light. Now, the, the Christian leader there is talking about that had this, this lifestyle of walking in the darkness is a completely different story. That's what he's saying. If, if you claim to be walking in the light, but you're consistently walking in the darkness, it, the light's not in you. But... It's different when you're striving. If you really have a relationship with Jesus, if you really love Jesus, your goal should be to be like Jesus, to walk in the light of Jesus. That is our hope. That's our goal. That's why he says these things. And so then verses 7 and 8, he says, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one which you have had since the beginning. The old command is the message you have heard. Yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. It, John is making this reference here actually to what he wrote about Jesus, one of Jesus' quotes he used in the gospel. And so it's, it's John chapter 13. We're going to get to that in a second. But John's saying, I gave you this command that Jesus gave you. And Jesus says, I give you a new command. And so what John is saying here is, I'm giving you this new command, 
But it's actually an old command because we've always had it. <laughs> we've always had and We're going to get to that in just a second, but we're going to read verses 9 through 11. It says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. And there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Obviously, John is pretty, pretty adamant here that you cannot walk in the light of Jesus if you hate a brother or sister. That if you're claiming to be this way and yet you hate somebody, you know, you're missing the whole thing. I've talked with people, I've been around people, I've been the people that you're blinded to your own sin. And basically that's what he's talking about. If you're, if you're living in this sin and you can't see it, man, you are, you're in that darkness because it's hard to see in the darkness. And you have to step out of that darkness into the light. And what he's saying is, man, clue number one, if you're not in love with God and not in love with people, and aren't loving people, you are in the darkness. You've been blinded. You must love people. And that points back to that new command, which is really an old command, that, that Jesus says in John chapter 13 of the gospel, he says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another can't say it much clearer than that. If you are a follower of Jesus, if, if you are walking in the light of Jesus, well, we love each other. Uh, that's what we do. And people will know us by the way we live. You know, I, I told you that story about the podcast and Andrew Huberman and getting outside in the morning so the light can get into your eyes and, and make you healthier and stronger. And, and I was thinking about that this week as, as I thought about what he was saying and, and it's there's all kinds of scientific evidence. It's true that, that you can get healthier. It can help your immune system, all these things. But I was thinking about it spiritually. You know, we get up in the morning and we think, man, oh, I just want to have my cup of coffee. We sit in the dark, whatever. We even have like the blackout stuff on our windows to hide the sun. But I was thinking, if, if you want to walk in the light, if you want to be healthy spiritually, when you get up in the morning, as soon as possible, step into the light. You know, he was saying, get outside, go for a walk. But what I'm saying is open up God's word. Let the truth fill you. Uh, Ryan mentioned listening to Chris, Christian music. What, what a way to, to worship and let that light in. You can pray, all, do all of them. But the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, if you want to walk in the light, let the light in. Let the truth of Jesus into your life every morning. It will make you healthier. It will make you mentally and physically, but most importantly, it'll make you spiritually healthy. In verses 12 through 14, John is saying, hey, I'm writing to these people, and I want you to hear me. And, and I look at it, it's to us too. Uh, the way that, that, that God brought the Bible together is because it's words to us. So John says, I'm writing to children, I'm writing to fathers, I'm writing to young men. And I add, he's writing to us. And here's what he says. 
We've been forgiven. We know Jesus. We overcome evil. We are strong and the word of God lives in us. These are all these good things. And he says, so don't be distracted by the world. You've been forgiven. You know Jesus. You've overcome evil. You're strong. God's living in you. Don't let the world distract you. Don't let the darkness draw you away. This is how he says it in chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. <laughs> Basically, John is reminding us, don't let people distract you from the truth. You see, those mornings when you let the light in, when you, are, you step into the light, you let the light fill you, that gives you an advantage to recognize the darkness, right? And it, it keeps you from being distracted or going in the wrong direction. And what's amazing is the world hasn't changed, has it? <laughs> 2,000 years later, it's the same thing. People are always trying to distract us. If you watched that documentary with me, you would have been listening to that going, oh my goodness, they've taken the spin to pull us away from the truth of God. They've used one person's sin now to drag people away, to distract us from the truth of Jesus, the light of Jesus. And now I think John gives us the ability to know for walking in the light. And, and so as you read these first two chapters, here's just, to me, here's five things that John is saying, if you want to know if you're walking in the light, these are the things that are happening in your life. Number one, you believe the truth of Jesus. You believe the truth that's in the Gospels, that's written about Jesus. You believe the truth of Jesus. Number two, you have joy. You have fellowship, relationship with God. And you have joy. When you're walking in the light, joy is evident in your life. Number three, you're humble. You're confessing the sin, not pretending to be perfect, but you're humble. Number four, we love our brothers and sisters, period. There's nothing else to add to that. We love our brothers and sisters. And the last thing is we strive to live like Jesus. If we're walking in the light, this is what our lives should look like. You know, I, I think about the summer of 1990 quite often because that's the summer that I stepped into the light, that I became a Christian. And, and a lot of you have probably heard that story, but, but I think of it often because what's interesting to me is when I start going to that church that someone invited me to just on a whim, I know it wasn't a whim, but when they invited me, I didn't go to the church in Jesus. I didn't go to the church to get saved. I, I just showed up. I, I wasn't expecting anything, but I kept going back. And two or three months after going to that church, I made this decision. And I can still remember sitting in church, and I kept saying the phrase. I don't even know why I was saying it, but I just kept saying, I want to be good. <laughs> 
I want to be good. And when I look back at that summer, I'd been walking in darkness, and I didn't even know it. But in that moment, I was reminded, I don't like the darkness. I don't like walking in the darkness. And when I was at church, when I was around these, these new friends that I had met, I saw the light. I saw people walking in the light. And you know, I thought, I want that. I want what they have. I don't like the darkness. It's amazing how quickly we can get sucked back into the darkness without even realizing it sometimes. But the darkness is not a good place. My prayer this morning is that all of us are stepping into the light, are walking in that light. Ryan's going to come up and he's going he's to just play for us. And I want you just to be alone with God. You can just bow your heads right where you're at. You can come to the altars if you want to do that. But I want you, just you, God. And I want him to meet you right where you are. Maybe you need to step out of the darkness into the light. Or maybe you just need to confess something. But my prayer is that you are in the light. Dear Heavenly Father, meet us right where we are. Just meet us there. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. That his blood covers our sins and allows us to walk with you, to walk in this light we've been talking about. My prayer is this morning that we all would just stand in that light. Let the light just pour into our lives today. Remind us of your truth and remind us to just love, period, the way you love. Lord, we just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. May you walk in the light this week and you are...